All right, everyone. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Hot Widows Club podcast. My name is Crystal and I'm the Hot Widow of Eric. And tonight next to me, fresh off the Boxer 500, <laughs> is the very Hot Widow of Ross, hey, Allie. Everybody. Hi. Ah, Allie. Digging yeah. that Boxer 500 shirt this year. Oh, yeah. Isn't it cute? Yeah, so cute. Yeah. Um, tonight, I am so stoked that we have our very first fangirl as a guest. Yeah. Uh, the very hot widow of Ryan, Margarita's in the house. Aww. Hello. <laughs> so excited to have you here tonight. So if you guys haven't listened since the beginning, Margarita was one of the first people to reach out and send a comment to our podcast and Allie and I like literally our hearts sunk to the ground when we got this first piece of feedback from yeah. this beautiful woman. Yeah. I'll never forget it because Margie, our one of our producers was like, you guys, you have a voice note. And we're like, what? Somebody's listening to this? And she's like, I remember she played it for us, Margarita. And we both started crying. Like we just couldn't believe it because we don't know you. And we're like, wow, we reached somebody. Yeah. Oh, you did. That was our first moment. Yeah. You did reach me for sure. And I remember kind of being very, I think I just listened to an episode and, it, you know, I had mixed feelings about, you know, I was thinking about Ryan and this journey we're on. So I sounded probably more flat than I am. <laughs> I'm more usually a little more cheery, but I was just, you know, it's up and down. It's an up and down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. is. It is not linear at all. Life is not linear. Mm -mm. So we ended up playing her voice note and we were trying to figure out which episode it was, but we think it was like six or seven. And now we're on the 38th episode. So it's like full circle. Just so cool that you're here, Margarita. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored. I can't believe we have people still listening to us after oh, 38 episodes. <laughs> I know. For those that have hung on, you are rock stars. You guys are doing great. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I have to tell you something funny, Allie. So on the way down here, we, Allie and I, usually like we, do, we don't script anything. We said that before. But we sometimes will talk on the way down here and I'll ask her if she has notes or whatever. And she'll say, yeah, I got some stuff I want to talk about. And so today I, she asked how my grandma was. Many of you guys know my grandma has recently moved into assisted living and she's just the coolest woman in the entire planet. I have envy, my grandma. And so I went to see her this morning <laughs> and she said to me, your dad says you have a real filthy mouth on your podcast. <laughs> And your dad says I shouldn't listen to it because I don't know why you have to have such a filthy mouth. So right here in front of Allie, Margarita, oh my and the Lord God Almighty, Richard and Margie, I'm not going to swear tonight. I'm really? Gonna, for my grandma, I'm not doing it. Okay. So if you've already noticed, there were many moments up to right now that I would have probably already swore. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. I'm not going to. I'm going to do good. I'm going to do better today than I did yesterday. <laughs> I love it. Keep me an honest woman tonight, girls. Okay. All right. I have to put a quarter in the swear jar. <laughs> Al, what do you got? What's your updates, baby girl? Give it to me. Hit okay. me hard. I, I, I don't want to take up a lot of the time because I really want to hear Margaret's story. I'm so excited for it. So as Crystal said, we did the Boxer 500 this morning. And that is really special to my heart because it's for colon cancer. So I just always feel like we're honoring Ross when we do that. And it's just, it was the first time that I have run in it. This is our third year 
of participating and I ran the 5k. I haven't run in like, I don't know how many years and I didn't stop and it just felt so good. That's great. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. And what was really cool is that my kids were at the finish line and I didn't expect that they ran or they walked. They, there was like a one mile walk. They walked um, with some friends of ours. And so I was not expecting them to be there. And so they were there cheering me on and like high-fiving me at the end and saying how proud they were of me. And I just, I don't know, it was very, very moving. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So that is one of the updates that I had. And then with that, I just want to remind everybody when you're 45 to get a colonoscopy. So just remember to do that, to screen. And wear sunscreen and underwear. (laughs) Yes, always wear sunscreen and nice underwear. My grandma used to tell me that because you never know when you're going to get into a car accident Mm -hmm. and you don't want to have ugly underwear on. Mm -hmm. This is the same grandma who also told me to watch my filthy mouth. You know, some advice I just was given, Gus is doing flag football this fall and one of the coaches goes, okay, so it's very possible that their pants will get pulled down because it's flag football and these mm-hmm. kids are seven and they don't know what they're doing. So they might pull their pants. So make sure the kid is wearing underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I thought great advice. Uh, solid, solid coaching. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. I got to tell the funniest story about Allie. Okay, the other day ahead. we're sitting on my driveway and we're eating ice cream that my kids had door dashed because Allie and I were just super lazy. And my kids said, can we have ice cream? And I said, sure, just door dash it. And so Allie's handing me my ice cream. And I said, hey, where's my spoon? And she goes, it's up your butt and around the corner. <laughs> That's what I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> me neither. And then I said, I said, if it was up your butt, you would know where it was at. <laughs> I said, we're like a bunch of kids sitting on a driveway trying to raise five children collectively, (laughs) and we're making butt jokes. Uh, (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. True boy mom here. Yes, yes, yes. What else you got, babe? That's all all I'll talk about. Yeah, Yeah. I could go on and on, but I just am dying here. I know. I am too, Margarita. I have one quick update and one quick just... Ladies and gentlemen, wrap your arms around people. I went to my very first funeral post Eric. So it's been two and a half years since I've been to a funeral. It was from my dear friend, Ashley Johnston, lost her husband to ALS. Um, I think he was 37. And so um, she was his main caretaker, which is such a terrible disease to watch progress just because it's just so impactful so quickly. And so my heart goes out to Ashley and Scotty right now and their family. Um, They're a huge part of our family. They're Ashley's mom has been our nanny for the kids' caretaker, daycare provider um, since Amelia was born. So I, I'm in, just wrapping my arms around them and sending lots of positivity to them. The cool thing about the um, funeral was that they, again, articulated during that time, which, of course, I thought we epiphanate all the beautiful stories that we talk about but they're not apparently other people say these things too but the priest said you know what you carried out your vows you fulfilled your forever vow Mm -hmm. and it just reminds me yet again that I guess in the weirdest way possible like of all the crap that we've had to go through 
I guess we got to do that. Eric, I'm glad I got to be here forever. I know. Same, Ross. Thank you. Yeah. And Ryan. Oh, and Ryan. I say that constantly. I'm so glad he ended up with me. Oh, <laughs> your face. Just seeing you say his name. That was really cool, Margarita. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's turn this over to Margarita. Let's not steal the thunder anymore. And uh, Margarita, tell us your story. Where do you live? Let's start there. Tell us where you're from. I'm originally from Atlanta. I lived there, grew up there, went to college, started my career. And about seven years ago, Ryan decided he wanted to be closer to his family in South Florida, in Boca. And we moved down here the Christmas of 2016. So we thought we were going to start our new lives down in South Florida together it was nice at first. Um, in 2017, he started working. I was, you know, getting used to living down here, getting back to work. And then at the beginning of 20, you know, it was actually May of 2018 was when Ryan was diagnosed with melanoma. It was a staged at 3C, so I considered it a 4. He was my obsession when I was probably like 14. Awesome. But he was my high school sweetheart. <laughs> he was a drama guy. He was an athlete. He was so cool. He got suspended. You know, he was just like, you know. <laughs> Did he, he just, swear too much? <laughs> oh, he sweared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I might need to watch myself if I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. No, no, no. no. You can earn the E rating. I just can't earn the E rating. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I we pretty much started dating when I was 18 and 41 now. So he passed at 37. We had been together for our high school, college. Um, he staggered college a little bit. So we were always almost on different pages, different crowd. But we were Marguerite and Ryan. Everybody knew us as Marguerite and Ryan, Marguerite and Ryan. We took 10 years to get married, though. I kind of told him, hey. I kind of want to get married. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and he's like, okay, all right. We just told his parents and we told my parents and we had a big wedding. And I'm so thankful for that now because I initially didn't want one. Ryan's mom, who I am incredibly close with their family, said to me, you want to remember this day. And I am so glad I did have a wedding and with that many people because it was so special and now I have those pictures, those memories and it was back then it was more for everybody else and now it's like, it's for me. So he was diagnosed with melanoma um, and it was earth shattering. I was kind of in a day's haze, whatever you want to call it, because I was thinking to myself, he, this, this can't go anywhere, but he was scared. He, the doctor had scared him and said, what you have on your head is state is melanoma. I can tell you that. And you need to get to an oncologist. And he just really scared him. No bedside manner at all. And so Ryan was freaked out. And so he went into the stage of telling people very slowly and just telling a few selected individuals. So it was very hard because he wanted to take that route. But it was I had to respect it. I had to not try to tell everybody, vomit it up and tell everybody he has cancer. He's going to go start going through treatment. And also, I don't know, just the acceptance. Like, what, 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 what did the future hold? This isn't good. We knew from the beginning it wasn't good. 
So that was in May. In June, he had his surgery pretty soon thereafter. By December of 2018, his friends were asking him what was going on because he lost so much weight. Mm-hmm. Cancer is evil. <laughs> Cancer is, I get so mad at it. And I know you guys understand, but to see somebody's, somebody who was so strong, so um, able, so, you know, excited to be living life, even though he, he had his, you know, every, no one's perfect. No one had a perfect life. But to see him deteriorate was really, really, really hard. And it very much made me hope that it just, this needs to be over. This needs to be over because he's in so much pain. And I'm going to have to live by, I'm going to be by myself, but he's going to be out of pain. He's going to be out of pain. And it was terrible. He, he couldn't walk. Once we were in about May of 2018, he couldn't walk. Um, he had a surgery that was experimental and it was not good how, the, how things came out. So slowly through that summer of 2018, he started deteriorating, deteriorating, deteriorating. October came and they told us he had about two weeks and he wanted to stop hospice. We did do hospice twice once and then he decided, I know I, I need to keep fighting. And that was the hardest thing. So this was pre-COVID. It's 2019. It was on the eve of, of a lot of stuff. And um, I would just, I have to share, I don't have, I feel the need to say, I've, I've said it a lot that I'm glad I was not going through it during COVID because I felt so helpless and I can't imagine how you guys felt being not being able to go into the hospital or you know having to be so careful having to be isolated that would have been meant that would have been so bad for Ryan even though he just wanted to select a few people to know at the end he was like okay so he was a firefighter that's what his career was um, but he did kind of everything down here. He was working as a building engineer so he was more like a not in a cube you don't put him behind a desk him to do something he's a firefighter so um he had all this he told all of his buddies and that they were not surprised but other people were absolutely shocked to find out and that was hard because it was just so fast how everything happened and then the secrecy he wanted to hold and then the fact that okay i'm willing to tell people but by the time he wanted to tell people he was so sick it's melanoma it's number one cancer killer it's terrible Get your skin checked. Because wear sunscreen? I, yes, wear sunscreen. I cannot believe the, I still to this day can't believe how he deteriorated. Just, mm-hmm. it was to me, he couldn't believe it. He, he even was towards the end on so much drugs that he was saying, you know, I need to get up and I need to start try to walk again. And, and I mean, essentially his body was just giving out, but his heart was really strong. So... Um, he ended up passing um, October 22nd, 2019, and he passed away here at home like he wanted to. We had hospice come for a second time, and that was tough because even the nurses were showing emotion, and that's okay, but it was so sad to see. He was 37 years old. I remember him getting off the phone with me. When the doctor had told him he was when he was diagnosed and he said, I'm not going to make it to 40. I'm not even going to make. Can you believe that, Marguerite? I'm not even going to make it to 40. And I was like, you're crazy. No, don't say that. And when death was upon us, I mean, it was just I couldn't believe it. I just I still have problems thinking I can't believe I'm not going to see him. I still have 
40 years of my life. Great. I still don't get to see him. Um, I, I used to, after he passed, my temper was crazy. I was just telling everybody that my husband had died. People at the grocery store, if you cut me off, if you, you know, it's just, I was just, I was devastated. That was a person who I grew up with, my best friend. He he molded who I was. I molded who he was. And I haven't spoken to him since. And I miss him. And um he was such a good person. He he needs to be somewhere else. He's just too good of a person. We didn't have any kids, which is something that I, that's why I wanted to get married, to have kids. And I, I couldn't find, have any. I found out in 2015 it wasn't, it was going to be difficult. So um, we were okay with that. But I did always think, uh, you know, I wish we would have had a child. So I would have had something of yours that was tangible, you know, because I even told him if you something happened to you, you know, you're the one that gets to go and you and everybody else has to stay. And I feel terrible for having said that now, but it was all really, really hard because he was the best, my best friend. And I even had, I mean, I had people come out of the woodwork just to say things about him or I remember him from the second grade or the first grade or whatever. I had so many people reach out to me and that's how I knew okay, he's special. He has to go. And that's how I kind of rationalized it in my mind. And then when it happened, nothing can prepare you for that. Nothing can no. prepare you for them. Nothing. It's just, uh, I still have no words. I, I still get speechless about it because um, I can't believe it. I can't forget your voice, Ryan. Ryan had a temper. So he, um, during his illness, he was agitated, agitated with family agitated with me agitated with his mom with his brother with his dad you name it you know somebody at some point you'd be the 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 one that he would be like telling you hey this is kind of my problem with you you know and what you're doing right now or maybe what you did to me when I was five years old he just got it all out and I'm so glad that we let him just express himself but at the same time it was heartbreaking the things that he would say you know just um you got to keep going he didn't really talk about what I had to do. And I wish I would have asked him, you know, would you be okay if I got remarried? What did you be? You know, and those aren't the things that are at the top of your head when you're going through something like this. But I wish I would have had more of a discussion of what am I supposed to do on this earth without you? I feel like I had to relearn living and walking and talking. Um, and I still feel like I am putting myself back together all of me isn't. There's spaces in my life that are still messy. But um, I'm, I very much think it's almost a um, choice to go on. And you have to be strong enough to keep going with that. Um, and that's so hard. And, it's, and it sounds so terrible. But cancer is so horrible. I mean, I would have mm -hmm. never expected this to be something that I am talking about. I wouldn't have ever thought. I actually remember I texted you this week. I go, mm -hmm. what is this life we have? Like, I'm still shocked. I am too. I am just appalled by it. I, I was. Yeah. Ugh. It's like you said, you just were not over it. I don't know how you can get over the shock mm -hmm. of it still. Right. And right. The, and the decline of cancer that just watching that is so shocking. Right. I agree. I um today when I was talking to my grandma, my grandma's 94, right? And she's, so she's, she's been through a lot and she's had so many things going on in her life. And she said today, I don't know if I, sometimes I just don't want to go on Crystal. And I, 
I didn't, out of nowhere, I just said, I don't want to go on either. And she said, well, you have to go on. And she's like, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, I don't have a choice, Grandma. I have to get up and put two feet in front of the other and go on every day. But how? How do you go on after you've watched your husband wheeled out of your house on a gurney? Yeah. And then you watch your husband, whatever is entered into final resting place or choosing cremation or whatever those services are. And you really think about that. How do you go on? Right. And like you said, Margarita, Eric is a piece of me. Yes. A complete piece of me. It's just broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be healed to a way that it, you're ever going to desire. Right. But I do think out of respect to them, we have to keep going. We have to, because they would want us to be happy. That is something I know. It wasn't repeated to me or said to me. He, I just know it. He would not want me to be unhappy. Yeah. Mm -mm. I just recently, we went out on the boat, went out to the, off the Atlantic and um, went to the Gulf Stream. Ryan always, Ryan wanted his ashes there. So they'd flow up to Ireland where his family like is from, like his grandmother and stuff like that. And so we went out there and we just did that May the 12th. And that was really, oh Margarita's being a boss, putting on her big panties and saying, okay, well, you guys, we have to, we have to um, honor his wishes you know it's been this long wow. but um you know between COVID and everything we couldn't do it but I took his mother and his brother by surprise by saying okay we got to do this and they knew we needed to do this too they were you know okay with it and they came down but it was a very emotional thing of course and it was a I still am in such a loss for words because I still can't believe that he's not here and so it's, I know it sounds so immature, but it's still hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that he's not here, even though I've rebelled. I feel the same way, Margarita. Mm -hmm. Every day I'm like, I just don't, I don't, I yeah. don't get it. I know. Yeah. You, you, you had said in, an, in the prior um, episode that you miss him. Oh, I miss him so much. He was, mm -hmm. Ross then, was my best friend too. Mm -hmm. it, that that's the hardest piece I think for me is just like losing that that person that stood me up you know like every day had my back yeah you have to start your life all over again and you have to be willing to do it and and put in the work it's been so I mean in 2020 I think I sat on my couch and just cried and wanted to be alone oh, me too, I don't girl. know where that year went I don't I yeah. couldn't tell you where it went but I needed to be alone Me and too. sit with that and be sitting next to where he died okay well I did too I couldn't leave my house and everyone's like why won't you leave and I'm like because he's here mm -hmm. I can't get out of this space I can't leave it the one thing I haven't gotten from Ryan is much many signs the only thing I've had is I never dream about him which I wish I did but I only had a dream about him the night that he passed after they rolled him out of the living room and he was getting in the car and he just waved at me and I've never had a dream about him since and I've always I'm wishing and praying and hoping that that dream comes because I'd love to hear his voice I'd love to see him if even if it was in a dream but um you know it's just shocking 
And it's something that no one's going to understand except for if you've been in these shoes before and you know that we were robbed, I mean, of future. Um, yeah. But it wasn't, I have to somehow say, okay, it wasn't meant to be, or I have to ra- rationalize it somehow like I did when he was sick and thinking, okay, he has somewhere else to be. And I'm not an incredibly religious person, but I that's the only way I could think this is why God would do this to us. I mean, this is terrible. Do this to a, and I've really struggled with not feeling guilty for being the one that lived. And I'm very close to them. I lived next door to his aunt down here. Aww, so that's great. they have a big family. So um, it's stuff like that. Like their family is my family. It's it. I can't believe it. You know, I can't believe that he's not here. And so I do feel guilty at times. I think no parent should have to see what I saw. Part of me feels like I couldn't save him from it, too. Part of me was like, I I couldn't take anything away. I couldn't fix anything. It goes back to that, like, loss of control. But I am like, I there was nothing I could do of just total helplessness. That was debilitating. I did picture when I was at the funeral, Eric knew Scotty. And the whole time I kept looking up at the big picture of Jesus and all I could see was Eric standing up behind him and I could picture Scotty next on the other side and I could just picture Eric in his red swim trunks and his laugh and the way that he was welcoming Scotty to wherever they were going. And I could hear him like saying, Hey Scotty, Hey man, what are you doing here? And just like, I could feel that energy and the fact that any of us are going through that and that any of those of us who are left behind. Yeah, I unfortunately, I lost a friend at 40 years old and um, I was there for his wife and I just thought, uh, I wish I could do anything to get her out of this position that she's in um, because the amount, you've just hit, you, you will hit rock bottom and that rock bottom is, um, it's terrible. It's just, I mean, I, I know I'm saying the same thing over and over again. This is all very terrible, but the fact that we survived it is, to me, amazing. That's It's just amazing to me that I'm, okay, I don't have everything under control, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not supposed to. And at least I was part of his life. You know, at least I knew him and he molded me and I am who I am. And I'm so thankful for that because... I made the right decision when I picked oh. out the, who I was going to marry. I was like, this is the guy I want to yeah. marry. This is the guy I love. This is the guy I'm going to ask to marry me. Because <laughs> um, that's what ended up happening. But it was just tragic. It, it was tragic because it felt like we were just starting our lives, you know, down here. Starting over, kind of. And then for him to be diagnosed was just so tragic. And the, the sickness and the having to tell people the fact that people don't want to talk about when I tell people when I decide to people sometimes are just like shocked and they don't want to talk to you anymore and Mm -hmm. it's very uncomfortable and you you, I've realized it looking back at my situations I'm like oh okay well they yeah they clearly didn't want to talk about it because this person was a lot more helpful or sensitive or they, you know, they asked a question or something. 
So um, I think that it's important to talk about death. I do too. People act like we're so broken. Like we're just almost like lepers at times. Like we just should be pitied so much. And I think I said in something, one of the things we did, like we're broken, but we're still living. Yes. As much as I saw him fight, I know that I have to keep going. I mean, and you guys have your your kids. I mean, you, you can't just sleep in and sleep the day away. You know, there has to be a way to stem off the depression, to find another reason to live, to find another reason to function. I mean, really, I was also just going to say that I do think we need to be talking about death more. My husband now, I got, I did get remarried. You did? Um, cool. Aww. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so I got remarried um, in 2021. And it was somebody I knew from high school. So it's kind of like we reconnected somebody else. He's awesome because Matt is so respectful of Ryan and he talks about him too. So they didn't, I mean, they knew of one another, but they really didn't know each other. So it's nice though that he knew of him, you know? And so I, it's just very special to me that I have been able to find another love but he knows that I have my days times where I'm just sad I miss Ryan and it's like being in love with two people and it's hard it takes a very special person to be with a widow I think, <laughs> I so, think you're right I think you're right it it definitely <laughs> does like and you know I think um you know there's so many things about us that are unique like especially like getting into our lives like getting us to open up and be emotionally available and yeah. not feel like, oh, you're going to die on me. <laughs> or, you know, like I can't, like I got a lot going on. Like I can't let someone into this world yeah. because if I put my guard down, then some pain comes back out. That's uncomfortable for me. How did you do that, Margarita? I did think about, okay, you're just going to die on me. Like, why would I do this again? <laughs> And it sounds funny and I'm just, and I'm very open with death. Like if, if Matt says to me, oh no. And I'm like, what, who died? I'm, I'm constantly thinking about death and that's when it's not like I'm obsessed with it, but I just talk about it, you know? And I'm like, well, what would you want if you were to pass? And he thinks I'm really weird to ask him that, but I'm like, things happen. I managed to find him. He has no kids. I, we, I don't have kids. So it made things a little easier but he got me to get up every day and to do one thing. He's like, do one thing, Margarita. You know, it may be go to work or do one thing for yourself when you get home. And he started asking me little things like that. And we were romantically involved. And so I thought, you know, this isn't going to come around all the time. Life, this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is a real thing. So I didn't want to be too conservative about anything I just was like this is I feel good about this and I still do I still feel good about getting remarried which good. is good, good. But I think that's people, positive plus, yeah <laughs> but um I think a lot of people a lot of people's reaction has been I I sent out announcements we just went and got we eloped and mm-hmm. went cool. to the courthouse and just did that and then um so people have been asking me you know oh you got married and they think it's too soon what? or People are just like, oh, well, I was just surprised. And then there's silence. <laughs> yeah. And and then it, you can tell they're more uncomfortable than you are. And um, oh, my God, I want to swear so bad. 
Go ahead. No, I'm Sweat not it doing out. it, Grandma. I won't. You know what I want to tell him, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Tell us. No. Stop tempting me, you temptress. <laughs> yeah. Just F him. Yeah. Just that's F right, him. Margarita. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to respect Grandma today. Thank you. <laughs> She's as cute as a button. <laughs> no, I just, I, I think if I am reaching out, if I'm saying any words that help another widow, then I feel like this is completely worth it. Because it is, like you said, hard to crack into people's lives. I would just feel like I was searching for this. I was searching for somebody my age or like in that space that, you know, what what happened, you know? Right. And I found you guys and that was incredibly helpful to me. Incredibly oh, helpful to me. Um, I was like, I'm not alone. I, I There's other people that are going through this and... And it's terrible and no one's going to understand and people are going to be afraid to talk to you for the rest of your life. My friend group completely changed. Mine too. It's unfortunate, but it was just how life is going. Yeah. I think what helps with our audience, I think most the audience that I know of, I know for anyone I don't know of out there, nice to meet you, but we're wildly, wickedly, passionately in love with our dead husbands. Yes. And I'll never stop saying that. And I think if that's what you're feeling and that's what you're searching for, then we're here for you. We're here to show you how to go forward and still be madly in love with a dead person. Right. And honoring their memory. Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in love with a person that's here and someone that's not. I'm in love with two people. Yeah. And it's a different kind of love. It's 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 definitely different. But um yeah, I had to just say F them. I really did. I, I was really worried about what people were thinking. And that's in my nature. And I think that's what people expected. But I just thought this is no dress rehearsal. Like, this is for real. We, I mean, like, we could, tomorrow I get hit by a car, you know, and it's, you know, you hear it, but stuff really does happen. The days, you know, time flies. You can't, we cannot stop time. And that's what also is so hurtful to me, I think, on a daily basis is that I'm going to forget what he sounds like. The time, the time that's passing where things are happening. Are you? I want to be able to talk to him. That's every day I think about him multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, me yeah. too. I would give anything to talk to him, to have him respond okay. to my questions. <laughs> yes. I hear you. I bet. I bet you have a lot of things you want to rocket fire off right now to Ross. I know you really well. No idea. (laughs) And I can only imagine what I know, like how you would rocket fire these Uh, things off to him. And he would never see him. He would never get a word in. No. (laughs) And he wouldn't mind either. He wouldn't. Mm -mm. I wish like hell I knew all of our widow's husbands. I feel so connected to them. Yeah. Like everyone that we meet, I just am like, oh my gosh, I hope Eric is like hanging out with this dude or this lady or whatever. I truly do. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. I am um, visit my husband's obituary site and I just read it. And so his name is Ryan James Garvey Owens. If you Google that, his obituary will come up and it is so well written. It just shows like who he was and I'm going to have to write that down. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe we'll say post it one that. more time for say it one more time for me. It's Ryan James Garvey as in G-A-R-V-E-Y Owens. Do you want to read it to us? 
I'd love to hear oh. it in your voice. Yeah, yeah sure. read it to read us. Read it to us. Look at Allie. She's like, yeah, read it to us. <laughs> oh, baby, let's do it. All right. You want me to read the whole thing? Or? Yep. Fire yes, away, please. baby. So a quiet life that resonated loudly as, has left a ring in the hearts of many as Ryan James Garvey Owens passed today, passed away on Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019, due to the effects of cancer. He fought so bravely. Cancer, however, never defined him. Ryan was born in Boca Raton, Florida on January 17th, 1982, when the town was indeed small and unassuming. He led Boca Raton and returned years later to the place he always considered home. He was the product of hardworking, classically middle-class family and became another hardworking man who wanted to earn his place in the world through his actions and the way he treated others. Ryan moved to Lilburn, Georgia in an Atlanta suburb when he was five years old on New Year's Eve in 1997. A sleet storm hit days after moving there, prompting the kindergarten and his brother Colin, two years his senior, to find father's Mark's screwdriver and remove the truck's from their skateboards to make makeshift snowboards. Amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so the, cool. <laughs> those snowflakes were no fluke. They inspired a love of snowboarding that led him to many trips in Utah, Colorado, British Columbia, North Carolina, West Virginia, and Switzerland. Wow. He also uh-huh. excelled in other sports throughout his life, including bas- um, baseball, tennis, swimming, racquetball, golf, whatever games he and his neighborhood kids con- concocted that week. Athleticism was the natural gift for Ryan, and he won championships and set records in many of them. But being uh, in Metro Atlanta had another much more profound impact on his life. It was there where he met his future wife, Margarita Palacios. <laughs> Thank you. Very lucky. <laughs> um, they met in middle school without even knowing it then. They had found their soulmates. They were each of the missing puzzle to each other's hearts. They were married in 2013, but were together for a total of t- over 20 years. Sometimes you have the wisdom to know what you have and have, and hang on to it. Wisdom is something Ryan always had, but always downplayed. He was incredibly smart, but he often discounted that because academics came so easily to him. As a result, he applied himself to a more creative outlets and with much more vigor, such as music, writing, and acting. He had a musical ear and could play virtually any instrument after about 30 minutes of tinkering, but especially loved the guitar. He, his pearl inlaid tailor and prized six string guitar. He also wrote music and poetry, and he was a regular at the high school theater, namely as Oscar in The Odd Couple and as Kanicki in Greece, and was also a regular featured zombie. This is right on the AMC show. The oh, Walking that's Dead. amazing. No way. They used to film yeah. that in Atlanta. I would did business down there, and The Walking Dead was always being filmed down there. Oh my there. gosh, he was yes. a zombie? <laughs> yes. That Crazy. is so cool. Yeah, he just lived. He packed a lot in his life. So what a cool dude! Yeah, he was also in a PBS produced movie, which was interesting in that he grew up watching countless programs on public television, including the 1980s cooking show with his mother Leslie, a self trained (laughs) chef. (laughs) I love that. I love this. This is awesome. The mindset of service to others prompted all sorts of pivots in Ryan's life. But probably no none more impactful than deciding to leave the sales job at corporate America and obtaining his degree after obtaining his degree to join the fire department at age twenty nine. He selected Station Twenty Two based on one of Atlanta it being one of Atlanta's most challenging neighborhoods because he wanted to be where he could have the greatest amount of impact. He said, "If I'm going to do this, I want to run. If I want to dig in, I want to do the real stuff." And that he did. He saved countless lives and consoled the families of countless people. 
including those of his grandmother, who he who required 24-hour nursing care as she battled advanced cancer, which was two years before he was diagnosed. And Ryan opted to leave his calling and take care of his of her for the remainder of her life. They became best friends, and he was by her side when she passed. Ryan and Margarita decided to move to Boca Raton, his birthplace, shortly after Clara's passing, and they lived in a beach apartment for a couple of years before buying a home a few miles away, only a mile from where the home he lived in as a baby. They settled in with their cat Mumbles, named after a character in Dick Tracy comics and movies. (laughs) He's also a huge movie buff and lived there until his passing. While cancer was a villain in his story, it was Ryan who was the hero. He never gave up. He even said after multiple home run swing treatments that he'd rather go down swinging than just wait around for it to come get him. A private, humble, and deflecting Ryan never wanted to impose on others during his tougher times in life, even in the end. From the time he was a toddler, he wanted to do it myself, and he did it, but he never, he was never alone. And he isn't now either. He's so touched by many that impacted him so and is missed by so many. All we can take with us is the impact he's, we have on others, and the crater that he leaves is vast, and it will never be filled. That, those are those are the high points. It's pretty long. That was, that was awesome. So good, Margarita. Thank I you, love Margarita. that. He sounds so fun. Yeah. What I a sh- cool I, dude. Did you ever snowboard with him? No, I didn't. That was one thing where I just pretty much fell, fell apart on the slopes. I was like, <laughs> it's icy out here. In it's the cold. East <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, I'm more of a... More oh of a my South gosh. Florida vibe. But, um, funny. I love it. Eric could shred too. Oh my God. And he was so tall on that board. He was so hot. <laughs> God. <laughs> I just dream of him, just seeing him with those goggles on and his beard and the snow in it. Oh my God. That's why when I saw Ryan's picture, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> he's just so cute. Like, I love my husband so much. I think about him like yeah. all the time. That's awesome. I actually just went back and reread my husband's obituary site too. Um, I visit it frequently just to see that people are still thinking about him and they're still right. They're still leaving comments on it. Yeah, it's touching. I mean, I think people think it's morbid of me. I think they think a lot of things I do is morbid, but me too. (laughs) Did you? Yeah, I love the cemetery. (laughs) Did you not hear our last episode when we're like we're into some pretty weird stuff? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) if it's morbid, we're into it. (laughs) Yeah, you're in good company. That's why we're that's why we're here today. Probably. Yeah, I guess that's why we feel connected. Maybe that's why I don't know. I feel very connected with you guys the way I've been tuning in and just I get something out of it and it's it's just it helps it relieves me of something for a little while yeah well you have helped me today I wish oh I could gosh. give you a huge hug I do too I wish you lived here I'd rather visit her let's go to Florida. you would I'd be yeah. like do you have snakes there I'm not I'm not a fan <laughs> of snakes and I don't want to see one we have iguanas. <laughs> I can handle iguanas. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Taylor Swift added shows like Bayou, maybe. Yes. Ellie's a huge she Swiftie. Did. She did. Okay. I want to go so bad. Let's go to Boca Raton. Yeah. Uh, to Please. see Taylor Swift? Because I want to see Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Take Margarita. <laughs> it's Would you go with us Mar- from where she'll be playing? No Would you way. go with us? Yeah. Oh my Would you gosh, go with yeah. us if we went? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you have tickets? Are you going? <laughs> oh no. my gosh. <laughs> Are you I a handler? 
No. <laughs> okay. Oh, if Aaron? anybody offers you tickets, right. I will take them, Margarita. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. So keep Allie in mind. Right. Eric, yes. Ryan, and Ross, if the three of you are doing anything up there, I right feel like now, they're shredding the mountains up there. I feel really? like they are shredding right now. <laughs> Ross loved to snowboard. So I just feel like maybe all three of them are hanging out. Maybe. Special guys. I know. Yeah. Special, special guys. Maybe they could work that in. <laughs> when is the concert? I got a lot of travel coming up and I'm already anxious about that. I don't know. She just added dates and I was like, I didn't. I yeah, missed I the think whole they're in October. Thing. Yeah, that's right. Mm, and yeah. then like Indianapolis is like November 1st or something. I'm like, I just missed signing up for all of this stuff because I just miss it. And then I'm like, dang it. But apparently everybody's waitlisted too. So yeah, probably wouldn't have got it anyways. Maybe something will come up. <laughs> Some divine intervention so. will happen yeah, for us. I know. You deserve it, babe. I'm gonna see if I can find you well, some. Well, if anybody in the audience is like selling tickets, like we will, you know, we'll take them off your hands. We'll take them. Yeah, we will take them. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I mean, we'll pay for them too. I was like, we're for not sure. asking for handouts here. Heck no. Just if you have a hookup, we are asking for that. Taylor Swift, if you're listening, we would yeah. like to come. <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> Taylor, it's Crystal. <laughs> I've got <Yay>. friendship bracelets. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Margarita, what advice do you have for our audience? What do you want to like what do you what have you always wanted to tell them? What are some things you just want to get off your chest? Yeah, like what's helped you with your grief? Even with like maybe it's like marriage after grief, like cause we have a lot of people who are married post grief that listen to us too. So like anything that would be really good. Gosh, I guess the biggest thing I've walked away with is this is like I mentioned before, this is a dress rehearsal. It's a real this is real life. So treat people kindly <laughs> and um, I feel like I'm at the end of my PBS special. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that I've learned that I'm stronger than I thought. Honestly, that's it's, it sounds so simple, but we are all stronger than we think. So it's, it's that simple thing is like, I, I just can't believe that I'm okay. It is Isn't shocking. That the truth. Yeah. It really is shocking. Yeah, I can't believe I literally wake up every day. Some days I'm like, oh, I woke up. That's weird. Because it would be so much easier sometimes to just stay asleep. To not yeah. wake up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is hard. It is hard. And you beca- you do become stronger, crazy strong. I think it's shocking. It's yeah. shocking that a lot of things are shocking in our lives. And so I think if we can keep going each day, then yeah, we're pretty impressive. Ellie always says people, when they're like, I can't imagine what you're going through. When Allie gets all fired up, she'll be like, no, you can. You really can. You just don't want to. Gosh, right here. I'm going to say that. I'm going to start saying that. And she will really, like, when she gets passionate about something, this sweet little doll over here just will get <laughs> fired up. <laughs> and it's so cute when she's like, no, you can. You can. You just don't want to. It's the truth. <laughs> so true. They just don't want to. They don't want right. to. do not want to hear it. Right. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't want them to. I don't want anyone else to feel it. Like, I'm fine with the people that, like, it's forced on us, right? None of us chose it. So I don't really want anyone to hurt like I hurt. I don't. I like knowing that you guys do because I feel so connected yeah. to you. But We're not alone. Yeah. I don't want anyone to feel or even think about the way I feel, to be honest, because it's not good. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's good. I mean, I have way more good days than bad days. I have very few bad days, but that funeral, my anniversary was this week. And so 
our anniversary was August, was 8808 and that is the infinity sign. And so Aww. it was literally meant to mean for abs for forever. And so Sweet. I lit, I Tuesday was our anniversary and I just I was a wreck all day long. Like it was, it was I think it day. will be forever. I think it is. I think it still is. Yeah. I agree. Those dates are hard. Yeah, there's even a season that's hard. Yeah. I mean, come mm-hmm. October, it's hard. Yeah, I couldn't believe how hard it was two and a half years later. I thought that it would be like start to get a little bit easier, but my anniversary was just one of those that was just so, so hard. All right, guys. Well, signing off tonight from the Hot Widows Club podcast. I'm Crystal. We have Margarita, our number one fangirl and the beautiful Allie. Thank you so much, Margarita, for coming on here. Thank you so much for having me and listening to me. <laughs> it was our oh, pleasure. It was our pleasure. Yeah. You've helped. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night.